there, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. The Bible is an internal story, an autobiography of us. I think one reason people are turned off by the use of the Bible when studying Neville Goddard is because of uh, the language it uses, the biblical language. It seems so strange to us now. Now, another reason, of course, is because the way the scriptures were canonized by the church and then used to control people. If there really was a vengeful God up there somewhere waiting to throw you into an eternal lake of fire, of course you better listen to the church. So many of us are left with an awful taste in our mouths because of our experience with that type of church, that type of control. Just reading the scriptures, literally, it seems very strange. But if you're willing to look at them as written by ancient peoples who were trying to convey internal, eternal truths, using symbols and metaphors of their day to do it, the scriptures come alive. Sex was a big deal back then, or the ability to produce children. That's where the power among men is in their loins. So they equated that with the power of the gods. <laughs> this reminds me of that Saturday Night Live character, uh, the ladies' man. His catchphrase was, it's all about the wang. <laughs> well, it was back then. It was all about that. Not just in the ancient Hebrew culture, other cultures as well. They describe uh, similar ideas. Atom or Ra ejaculated in an Egyptian story of creation. Phallic symbols show up across many ancient cultures. Reproduction is still held as something holy by some religions today. Some friends of mine back in high school were taught uh, that sex was only to be used for reproduction and not for pleasure. I broke up with her pretty quickly after that. <laughs> A current friend of mine was raised to believe that every time he ejaculates outside of a woman, he's sinning because he's sp spilling the holy seed. So that idea is still around today. Take the story of Abraham. He was told he'd have a son, but since he was old and his wife, Sarah, was way too old to have a child, he did the noble thing and had sex with her handmaid, Hagar. Yeah, Sarah did give birth to a son, though. And Paul tells us in the New Testament, in Galatians, that that whole story is an allegory. That we are all the son of Hagar, conceived the normal way into slavery, bondage, bound to the physical world, living by what the senses tell us. But we find freedom by turning to Sarah, who is the new Jerusalem, or the Jerusalem from above, the Jerusalem within us. Paul tells us the physical sex act has nothing to do with spiritual freedom. It's all within. That's where we find the freedom. So they used reproductive parts euphemistically when describing this hidden power within all of us. If you take a look at the story of creation in Genesis, you'll see it. God moved over the surface of the waters. Well, the Hebrew word for water means water, literally, but if you look at Strong's Concordance, it also says that it figuratively means water of the feet, semen. My childhood Sunday school teachers uh, used pictures on those felt boards. They'd put the little pictures up on the felt board and tell the story of creation. And there was one image of the world, our world, 
but completely covered with water. Now that is taking the story literally, that the earth was covered in water. But it isn't literal. It's speaking of the creative power within each one of us. Until imagination moves across the living waters and makes things out of the no thing, out of the void, out of the formless. The word God used there is Elohim, the plural form of God. Each one of us at the beginning, we are individualized, but still one. It's also each one of us right now. We're constantly moving in the deep across the living waters of imagination. We're never not doing it. We are never not experiencing the results of what we are imagining. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The I am, our I am, is one I am. We are continually moving in imagination. In John 7.38, Jesus says, The one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. Now remember, Jesus is the transliteration of Yehoshua, contracted to Joshua, which means I am saves. So the one who knows that his I amness, his awareness of being, or her awareness of being, saves, rivers of living water will flow from deep within them. Isaiah 55.1 says, Come, everyone who thirsts to the water. Come, he who has no money, buy and eat. Come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. Those waters the writer is telling you to come to are within. That's the same living waters that God moved over in the story of creation. The creative power is within us. It's symbolized as semen, as living water. But those are just symbols. Those are symbols used to convey the truth that it is within us. It is us. But the ancient writers used characters and stories to relate that hidden truth to us. But you'll see it if you look. It's all a movement within. In Mark eleven twenty four, it says, Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you have received it. Be believing you have received it. And you will. The word prayer is made up of two Greek words. And I'm not going to pronounce these properly. So I'm just letting you know. The first word is pros, which means vicinity of, toward, exchange. And yukamai, which means to wish. So the word prayer is made up of two Greek words that means vicinity of, toward, exchange, and to wish. Those are all things done within. You have your wish and you move toward it in imagination. So when we have a desire, we move toward the fulfillment of that wish. We exchange the state we are in for the state of the wish fulfilled. And we do what God did and does. We move across the living waters within us. The same creative power that animates the universe is the power we turn to, the power that we are, to be anything we want on this level. This power, the power of God and the wisdom of God, that's Jesus Christ. And Paul tells us in the New Testament that that is within us. He says that Jesus Christ is the personification 
of the power and wisdom of God. And he tells us that Jesus Christ, this power and wisdom of God, is within us. Put yourself to the test, he says. There are so many teachers available online, and there are countless teachers through the centuries that have taught this. Many, however, seem to want to complicate it, add in a bunch of stuff that just isn't necessary. It's fun. It's pretty. You know, I've done vision boards, uh, and they worked. But it wasn't the vision board that did it. It was my belief, the feeling that I had those uh, images that I had the new van and we had the Disney World trip and it did work out in some really wonderful ways but they're not necessary now those of you who are vision board fans I'm not beating up on you at all I've, I've done them in the past and so there are all these teachers that teach all of these things and they add in these extra things you, you, that they say you need to do to get to that point but Neville distilled it down to something very simple feeling if I have a desire, I bring up the feeling that I would have if the desire were realized. If I sustain that feeling, it must come to pass. In his book, Prayer, The Art of Believing, Neville says, The feeling of the wish fulfilled, if assumed and sustained, must objectify the state that would have created it. All I need to do, once I've identified what I want, is to bring up the feeling of already being or having it and sustain that feeling, that new state of mind. It sounds so simple, but I used to make it so difficult. I rarely actually sustained the feeling. I didn't surrender to the state of my wish fulfilled. Here's an example uh, of my life. One day, uh, years ago, I imagined I uh, was financially free. And then later that night, I reimagined I was financially free. And I did it again the next day, and the next, and the next. And I was constantly uh, redoing, reimagining it, starting all over. And then I was continually going back, reading Neville's lectures, and going online for more tips on how to be financially free. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm not imagining it the right scene. Oh, that's it. That was a biggie for me. Not, uh, I didn't think, yeah, I would hear other teachers and they would say, well, I, you know, I don't do it this way. I imagine this and I feel this. And then I would start, you know, beating myself up like, oh shit, well, I'm not doing it that way, but that way doesn't feel right to me. This way feels better, but, but they say it's this way. So maybe I should do it that way. And I was making it so hard and it's putting so much pressure on myself. I never actually moved in imagination and surrendered to the state. I did come across a teacher who, uh, I love the guy, Mr. 2020, and he said all the time, nail the state and surrender to it. And I would hear him say that. And then I would be like, well, what the hell, 2020? I can't do it. I don't know what the hell nailing the state means because I keep imagining it and then nothing happens. Well, that was my assumption. I was assuming that it was difficult, that I wasn't nailing it. And so that's what I kept experiencing. I can describe to you the feeling of it, though. My friend and I were talking earlier today, and he talked about this tug of war he's going through daily. And when he said that, I thought, that is a perfect way to describe this feeling. When I was 
doing my daily imagining, every damned session about financial freedom, and then reacting to or trying to ignore what the facts of my world told me about my financial situation. Uh, I would ignore it, you know, <laughs> like putting my fingers in my ears. La, 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 I don't see the bills. It felt like I was in a tug of war, like my friend. My hands were gripping that rope, holding on to my desire so tightly, trying to keep the facts of the world from pulling me down into the mud in the center of the tug of war. It was a daily battle for me. Now, when I finally entered the state of financial freedom and surrendered to it, it felt like if I were really in a tug of war, can you imagine being in a tug of war, holding onto that rope and feeling the pull against you and you're pulling backward, your feet are planted, pulling and pulling, and then just let go of the rope and walk away. That's the difference in the feeling for me. That's how I could tell that I really entered the new state of consciousness, the state of my wish fulfilled and what surrendering felt like. When I successfully move into a new state of mind, I automatically release my hold on my previous state. It isn't a step I take. I don't imagine the scene of my wish fulfilled and then throw in a step where I'm thinking, okay, now I must let go of my former state. Here I am letting go of the former state. I am throwing it into a trash can. When I move in imagination, feel the reality of my wish fulfilled, feel the knowingness that it's already true for me. The old state, the state of not having it, falls away. It has to. If I'm in the state of my wish fulfilled, the state that I was in where that wish wasn't fulfilled must fall away. Now, I can dwell in a number of states at one time, but I'm talking specifically about the state of wanting one thing and then moving into the state of having that thing well, that state dies. And it feels like it. Trying to describe that feeling to me would be like letting go in a tug of war and just walking away from the whole mess. No more war. No more battle. No more struggle. Struggling against the facts of the world. For me, getting to the point of being able to recognize when I successfully enter a new state is by daily moving in imagination. I know I keep saying this over and over. Neville quotes Blake often. I love Blake as well. Man is all imagination and God is man and exists in us and we in him. The eternal body of man is the imagination and that is God himself. So knowing that I am all imagination, I can never escape it. I can never stop imagining. God is imagination. When I am imagining, which is always... God is imagining, because God is my I amness, my awareness of being. Whatever I say after I am is what I'm imagining. That is what I'm aware of being, what I am conscious of being. So it behooves me to learn the art of imagining. I started practicing this art, getting to know myself, noticing what I'm imagining throughout my day. When I decided to take notice of what I'm imagining, I began to see how I am experiencing in my physical world exactly what I'm imagining, what I am assuming to be true for myself and others. By noticing how easily I was unintentionally imagining my experiences, 
I began to understand how I can simply do it intentionally. It became a lot simpler than I thought it would be. But I wouldn't have gotten to that familiarity with myself if I wasn't daily moving in imagination for different things and different desires for myself and others. One way to really start seeing some changes in your life is to start imagining for others. Put them into some wonderful states. I used to focus only on myself, only on Mike. What does Mike want? Mike is going to get this. Screw everybody else. I know it sounds awful, doesn't it? I used to imagine the good things I wanted for myself, but I really just didn't care about others. I didn't. Even though there really aren't any others. Each one of us is God, individualized and fragmented, but still one. So while I was ignoring others, I was actually ignoring myself. And when I heard of awful things others were going through, I'd accept that as true for them and keep them in those states. And by doing that, I was accepting the same shit for myself. Whatever I hold true for another, it's still an image in myself, part of my concept of self that I'm holding on to. To summarize, uh, in a few simple ways, how to get to that point of being able to know self, to know imagination, I would practice daily. Move in imagination for the sheer joy of it. I talked about this in my last episode too. It's how Neville learned. He would sit in a chair in one part of his house and imagine he was in another part of his house. And he would do it over and over. And I did it, and I still do it. Move about your house in imagination. Put yourself in other places that are familiar to you. Sit down in a chair, and then put yourself in another room of your house. And don't just do it once and say, all right, Mike, I tried it. Practice daily. It gets easier. It's weird at first. And it's for me, it was hard. I bounced right back to where I was. I couldn't really manage it. But I didn't stop there. I kept practicing. Then move farther out. Maybe while lying on your bed, go stand in your yard. Walk around your backyard. Then walk down your street in imagination. Look back at your house from different points on the street. Spread out your awareness. Move from being aware of being your body, lying on the bed, to being the walls of your room and all of the air within it. Aware of your body in the room. If you haven't tried this, and this may seem strange to you if you've never done anything like this, and it did for me at first too. I heard Neville talking about stuff like this when he talked about, you know, looking at a piece of wood and becoming aware of being that piece of wood or a glass of water. I, when I first read that, I was like, what the hell? And then I tried it. I let go of holding on to it having to be my body. This is all that I am. So try it. Be aware of your body. And then be aware of the area around your body, with your body within it. And then the room, and then the house. Be aware of being your house with your body in it and with everybody moving around in it. Whatever you can think of, try it. You're not going to hit the limit. You're not going to come to some threshold that you can't pass. That's only a limit you've imagined. If you can think of it, imagine it, 
do it. Move past what you thought was possible, beyond using imagination to get something, to get a new, a big fat check or a special or a specific person. Use it for the sake of knowing yourself, for understanding what it is to be aware, to understand what Neville means by consciousness is the only reality. I can tell you my understanding of it all day long, but until you start practicing and understanding it for yourself, it won't be very clear to you. Have fun with this part. It is so much fun. Oh, it's fun. You're getting familiar with movement, and movement is prayer. As far as desire goes, imagine the fulfillment of the big one, all right? Then keep going. Imagine the feeling of fulfillment for every desire. You don't have to wait for the big ones to blossom before fulfilling the others. I used to do that. I was all focused about financial freedom, and I didn't uh, even bother imagining anything else. Nope. I'm imagining financial freedom all day long. But I, what I was doing was perpetually constructing states and never occupying them. It was so maddening and frustrating. Don't do that. Don't be like Mike. Imagine the fulfillment. Do it. Feel the reality of that big one or big ones done. And then for every desire you have, even the silly ones, remember right now you're still learning, practicing this art of imagination. So have fun with this. And notice what you're imagining throughout your day. No judgment. Just notice what you're imagining and start to see how your physical experiences reflect what you're imagining. If you really start noticing it, paying attention to what you're imagining, you're not going to be able to tell me, Mike, you're wrong. You will see the direct correlation between your imagining and your physical experience. And imagine lovingly for others. It's such a wonderful feeling imagining lovingly for others. Even though I used to not care about it, I really didn't. It's fun doing it, especially when they have no idea you're doing it. It's exciting to start to see changes in their lives and knowing that you did that for them. They'll have a story on how it all worked out and it'll all seem perfectly natural, but you'll know that you did it. And then... When you start to see all these wonderful things your friends are experiencing and you've imagined it for them, notice how easy it was for you to imagine for them. Now notice how simple and easy it really is for you as well. I love you. This is Feeling Twisty. 